Content warning. This episode contains discussions of depression and mental health struggles. Hey there, my name is Ian, and you're listening to What Was Your Favorite Part, a podcast about cinema and us. On this season of the show, every week I sit down with a friend to have a conversation about one of their favorite films and why it means so much to them. We don't deep dive on the plot so much as talk about how my guest relates to the film and what they love about it and why. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm real excited to share this conversation with my pal Jaysher of the Podzilla podcast as we journey through Benjamin Cleary's 2021 lo-fi sci-fi tearjerker, Swan Song. Yeah, I am doing good. I'm excited to be on What Was Your Favorite Part. I'm so excited about this podcast, so it was an absolute privilege to be asked to jump on. I'm really excited you're here. You and I have known each other a little bit. We met each other through the uh, 70mm Discord, the VHS Village, and we just kind of started connecting over movies, as one does. But yeah, no, I remember we talked about The Last Black Man in San Francisco, because I was trying to start a film club. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. What a movie. I'm so glad you introduced me to it. And then uh, I was kind of asking around uh, for other people to talk about similar films that had kind of a deep impact on them and a meaning to them. And that's almost like the genesis of this podcast was just kind of going around asking friends I was meeting, what's a movie that really impacted you, a movie you really love to share with others, and you brought uh, the movie we're going to be talking about later in the show, Swan Song. Yeah. And I just recently watched it for the first time, and I got to tell you, it was quite a treat, so I'm really excited to dive into that with you (laughs) but first i was hoping you could kind of tell me and the listener a little bit about your relationship with movies in general like how you came to them what you find so compelling about movies and why we keep on coming back to them yeah absolutely i mean hey everyone i'm jaysha again it's an honor to kind of be one of the guests on the show here but i was lucky enough to have a dad who really really loved movies and from a very young age i was introduced to the likes of star wars Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Godzilla films as well. And I don't know, it just ignited a real passion for me and for not just films, but just creative mediums. Throughout my childhood, I was writing stories, filming home videos with friends. And yeah, I'm like more of a movie fan now than I've than I've ever been. I don't want to come off as like a film bro or anything, but I I don't really love how movies nowadays have just become a uh, piece of entertainment or just something silly to chuck on in the background. I really love personally movies that are an experience, something that you can connect to and draw things out of. And yeah, those are the type of movies I enjoy. Of course, there is still there are still fun movies that I just love chucking on as well. But I think movies are just awesome. Storytelling's awesome in general and I'm yeah, it really excites me and it really I, I really just have a passion for it. Oh, I love that. So it was your dad who like introduced you to cinema up front. You like, is that like still part of your relationship with him? Yeah, totally. More often than not, 
our little catch-ups that we have nowadays, uh, just going and seeing a movie together or talking about a movie that we've both recently seen. So it's an important part of our life and our relationship. And I just really love that. The amount of great conversations I've had with my dad because of a movie or things that we've just been able to open up about and talk about is something that's really, really special. That's awesome. No, I love that so much. So before we kind of get into it, why did you want to talk about Swan Song? Without giving too much away, of course. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't really know why I chose it, uh, I guess, above other things. Because when you first asked me to choose a film, I was thinking like movies I'd, I'd said before, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Son of Godzilla or, you know, Star Wars movies that I watched when I was a kid. Movies that made me love movies in the first place. But Swan Song is a little different because I only watched this for the first time January this year, 2022. And I don't know, something about it just made me instantly fall in love with it. I just had quite a quick reaction to what it was trying to do. And I've just been trying to get everyone that I know to watch this movie. I recommended it to you a little while ago because I thought it was something that was right up your alley and it was something special that I thought you'd enjoy. So I'm just, I'm excited to have a chance not only to talk about it, but to talk about it with you. Yeah, no, this is uh, definitely not the first time that you brought it to my attention. And we were chatting <laughs> a little bit before getting on mic and you said that you were a little scared of my reaction to it. I was wondering if you might be able to elaborate a little bit on that. Not a lot of people have heard about Swan Song in the first place. I feel like it's criminally underseen. I don't know if that's just because it was released on Apple TV Plus quite quietly and not many people have the opportunity to watch it. But aside from that as well, everywhere that I see this movie, like on Letterboxd or on IMDb, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's not reviewed particularly well. There's a couple of standout reviewers who say that they have the similar connection I had to it and it really impacted them. But for majority of the reviews, they're just like, cool movie, standout performances, but the sci-fi stuff was a little lame and could have had more of a twist or this was just a ripoff of this movie. So I was just, I, I guess, a little nervous that you might have that kind of reaction to it and that I might just be crazy thinking this movie's the masterpiece that it is, but I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no, 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 no. I definitely enjoyed it and we'll definitely get into what have I... Uh, we'll definitely get into what I thought about it later um, as we awesome. kind of move through our conversation. Yeah, should we just go ahead and get into it? Let's do it. I can't wait. Turner is an artist who is dying of an unknown disease. Amidst this impending tragedy, his wife's twin brother has recently died in a motorcycle accident. Struggling in his career in an uncertain place in his own marriage and fatherhood, with a new baby on the way, he is desperate to not leave his family alone. In 
this near future world, Cameron seeks out a new and experimental procedure, cloning oneself without the terminal illness to replace him and take his place to spare his family the heartache of loss. begins to pursue this option, but will he be able to go through with it, handing his life and family over to another version of himself? This is Cameron Turner's Swan Song. What a recap. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So... I got to say, um, before we kind of get into the deeper things and everything, I just want to touch on the uh, music and the cinematography of this. Please. Thing. Yes. Like, holy moly. Like, <laughs> like I was just like kind of blown away by the music because it was a little understated, but it, it reminded me of what Johnny Greenwood might do with like a science fiction film. Mm, totally. Are you familiar with Johnny Greenwood? Yeah, love his stuff. He does a lot of the Paul Thomas Anderson films, right? Yeah, which I've been listening to a lot of lately uh, because as folks will come to learn, we're recording these episodes in chunks and I've just done the Magnolia oh, episode and got me on a Paul Thomas Anderson kick again. And I've been listening to that, The Power of the Dog, but maybe it's the recency bias, but I went into it with him in my mind, but I was like, ooh, this is like atonal, subtle, sparing, minimal, I really loved it. It really set the vibe. But then there was also just the wide shots tracking with the boat as they go into the island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is about uh, a boat creating uh, those, what are those, the ripples in the water that they leave <laughs> in their trail. That's very cinematic to me. And I just, I thought on a very surface level, the music, the cinematography, a lot of the craftsmanship here, super on point. This is just on Apple TV Plus. Like, if you've bought an Apple device in the past couple of years, you've got Apple TV Plus. Mm -hmm. You can just watch this. Or if you just have five bucks laying around that you can blow every month, which a lot of us do, a lot of us don't. Totally understand that's not always accessible. Yeah. You can get this movie for next to nothing. And it's high quality right off the bat. I was like, oh, we're in like a. As Harry Styles would say, this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It looks amazing. I was constantly, especially this rewatch of it, just taken aback with how beautiful everything looked and sounded. And not just the actual score for it, but just the songs they choose along the way. There's a really particular song. I think it's Moon River by Frank Ocean. But it plays a couple of times through this movie. Yeah, and every time it plays... And just the scenes it plays with, I don't know, that song, whenever I hear it now, it just makes me cry. And I just loved the use of various songs, various artists throughout this movie. And you're right, just the colors, the cinematography, the purples, the yellows, a lot of the use of depth of field and focus. It just looks so beautiful. That's probably the best word to describe it. Like everyone making this movie just went all out and did the best that they could possibly do. It just looks so sleek so clean and yeah beautiful yeah uh you said the you said the lighting in this i wrote down that the lighting design in the memory transfer sequences in this yeah. are like the prayer the prayer hands emoji. i know I just wrote down it's exactly <laughs> what i wrote i wrote 
the lightning design and the memory transfer sequences prayer hands emoji that's my <laughs> that's my as on the page people uh yes but then i also said the colorist on this film deserves a million bucks like good lord yeah yeah I, I i loved it i just think it looks so great just the general aesthetic as well like i mentioned it before but everything looks so sleek so clean all the sets and i really loved and i'm interested to know what you felt of all the i guess lo-fi sci-fi elements in this movie because it is a it is a sci-fi but those bits aren't the focus of this movie we're not really told much about the world that Cameron and his family are living in. It's more focused on their relationship and this choice he's having to make. But just the small, I guess, glimpses into this technology that we get, the interface that he, I guess is built into his brain or built into his earpieces. Yeah, so they all appear to be wearing some version of AirPods and have uh, contacts in. And these contacts allow yeah, the people contacts. in this near future world to basically interface with their mobile devices, or they just have the iPhone inside the contacts now. They've figured yeah. out a way to like put everything you would have in a smartphone or a computer into a thin little contact. And I believe they might be partnered with your earbuds so that they can kind of work in conjunction. I, I'm really happy you kind of brought it up because, and maybe this goes back to why you were a little hesitant thinking I may not love the film is <laughs> I don't love science fiction. I am notoriously a mm. uh, anti 2001 person. I don't, wow. I, I don't stand with 2001 cool. uh, shout out Mackenzie from Austin danger podcast, my sister in arms. <laughs> uh, but should we just get into this? Let's just put swan song on hold. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Mackenzie, <laughs> we're waiting for your swan song review. Please drop it. Uh, I need it within the next two weeks. But what you say kind of reminds me of another film that came out in 2022, um, After Yang. Did you see After Yang? Yes. I saw After Yang and similar experience to this. I just loved it. Okay. I'm glad I didn't even have to ask. I did not. I did not. Wow. I did not really even like it. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, um, but mm -hmm. I basically wrote little asterisk review and was like, the work here that's being done is great. And I understand that it resonates for so many people, but I usually get lost in the sci-fi, even the lo-fi yeah. sci-fi world building and everything. But with Swang Song, it was so subtle and so effortless. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wrote down basically every word you said the within five minutes i was like i love the subtle <laughs> world building there's little explanation going yes. on it's just very unique and creative ways into this world you can even say the same for cam's illness i say in my plot description cam turner is dying of an unknown disease because we never really know what exactly nah. he's dying of and i like the fact that the audience is not you know given breadcrumbs well mm -hmm. no i'm sorry i take that back we are given breadcrumbs but we're not spoon-fed all the information um yes. yeah. it assumes that its audience is very smart and so i loved the fact that you know what everybody's just got contacts and earbuds that work <laughs> like every modern computing device all jammed into one he's dying you don't really need to know what he's dying of it's just debilitating and we're going to focus on the 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 ideas of memory and emotions and loss and grief and so they just i really appreciated that benjamin cleary right? Yeah, that's the director, yeah. Yeah, the filmmaker, Benjamin Cleary, who's the writer-director, he just pushed all of that techno-babble world-building like 
gobbledygook aside so he could make the performances and the emotions center stage. I really, really appreciated all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I unlike you, I am a huge sci-fi fan. So I, I actually really like 2001. I really love Blade Runner. I really love a whole lot of sci-fis. Again, again, again I guess there's some of the things my dad introduced to me. So Now, I do love Blade Runner. Oh, awesome. Great. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Blade Runner is amazing. <laughs> uh, but I, I really love just seeing, I guess, sci-fi world building. I love when it's included in movies. And I did really love the, the little snippets of it we got in this one, the... As you said, the lens, the lenses they're wearing, the ear, the earpods. Um, when he puts his lenses down in his bathroom and they're cleaned like really satisfyingly, uh, the digital overlay that looks exactly like, I guess, a Mac OS or an iPhone UI that's just a lot sleeker, a lot cleaner. The little like digital fighting game he's playing with his son halfway through the movie. They've got little yeah, characters. It was super cool. I loved it, but I completely agree with you as well. I love that those little bits are in this. I love that this is a sci-fi, but I love how it. I love even more that it's just swept to the side and it isn't the focus. We don't spend a lot of time there because the most important thing about this movie is exactly that: the relationships and the the what it has to say about grief and loss and love. Yeah, it is a really potent and poignant portrayal of those thematic elements i mean it's about a guy who's dying and there's there's never any kind of talk that they be taken care of that they be provided for there's never this kind of like we don't get that breaking bad kind of uh catalyst to a story where it's like walter white is a guy who hasn't been a good provider so he has to make a shit ton of money by selling meth mm. to leave his family that's never broached like it's not about them being good you even see um, his wife uh, throughout the story. She's very successful at what she does. She's yeah. obviously a fully fleshed out character. She could provide for the family, but it's about this loss. It's about the grief that they would suffer at his hands, specifically because, of course, his wife has just gone through a very tragic loss. They lost his brother-in-law, her twin brother, in a motorcycle accident. I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about how that resonated with you yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of points I'll probably talk about a bit more later on that resonated with me more when I originally watched this. I, I really resonated with the whole everything I had to say about identity and about love. But this time around, it was really, really weird because the part that actually resonated with me the most this time around was what I had to say about loss and the portrayal of the portrayal of loss in this movie because... Cameron knows he's going to die. That's the main plot of this movie is he's wrestling with the fact that he's dying and he's just trying to provide for his family and he's just trying to have a way for his family to continue on living without him. But then you touched on it. We're also feeling Andre's absence throughout this movie, Poppy's twin brother. And it also touches on just the effect that Andre's loss had on Poppy she just spiraled into depression she shut herself off from Cameron and Corey and we're told that they went for quite a while not even talking to each other uh, and it's been it's very it's, it's been very strange because over the last couple months for me personally I've lost three close family members uh, most of them being grandparents as well as a workmate last month as well. So mm -hmm. I didn't expect 
Mm. I didn't expect uh, those parts of this movie to hit as hard as they did. But I don't know. It's just become a lot more of a reality with this watch through. And it just really, really connected with me. uh, How much people mean to us and what their loss can do to us. I, I really love really 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 love what they did with this movie and how they just made all the feelings and emotions feel real um i know i'm probably waffling on about it but yeah it's it's i think it's just a really beautiful portrayal of the relationships we make in this life and the people we come to know and how much they mean to us the effects that they have on us how they kind of make us who we are and how their absence can be felt after they're gone i I think it kind of ties in directly as well with the name of the movie Swan Song, which is it, mm-hmm. it comes from that that myth that swans, who traditionally uh, make the most annoying like honking sound, aren't pleasant to listen to at all, comes from a myth that before they die they sing one last beautiful song, and mm-hmm. I think that that just really really not it's a real fitting title for this movie that just. Uh, Everyone around us and everyone that we'll meet during this life, we're gonna we're gonna lose them at some point. We will feel the effects of their loss, but everyone everyone is beautiful in their own way. Everyone has things that that we'll remember them for and relationships are what's important. First of all, Jasher, you know, my heart goes out to you. I'm really sorry for your losses. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I must have not been paying attention on social media as much, but I had no idea. I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, and you're not waffling, not not one bit. That's what this uh, platform and this opportunity is, is to gush about the things that we find mm. endearing, heartfelt, and memorable about movies that touch us. So I, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and saying those things. I, I think it was beautiful. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, think, I think this movie is just very, very... Uh, there's not a lot of movies I've watched where I can connect with death and loss as much as I mm-hmm. can during this one. I think it's just, I, I don't know. It just, it just portrays everything very honestly and in a very human way. That's very relatable. I don't want to backtrack too much, but it really just gets everything else out of the way mm. and uses all of the tools at its disposal to talk about love and family. Yeah. And yeah, these, 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 these ideas are set amidst lost tragedy, uh, sickness, but He's doing everything out of this deep, deep love for his wife, for his kid. Yeah. He loves Poppy. He loves Corey so much. And he just wants them to be okay. And I just think that there's there's really no better word for it. It is just so beautiful. Mahershala Ali is just striking in this film. He delivers, I think, one of the most beautiful performances. Absolutely. It's absolutely astounding that this is his first role as a leading right person in a film you know he just transported me on this emotional journey where i cried like i think three different <laughs> points in the film i did one too. point where there's a flashback to just after is her brother's name andre i believe yeah 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 just after andre's death she's crying in cameron's arms and i just wasn't expecting it and i wasn't like all right, here we go. Emotional scene. I just broke down <laughs> and tears subtle, yeah. slowly started to stream down my face. It's like when he cries, when he's telling his son he loves him near the end of the film. Mm. 
he is having catharsis, but it's quiet. Yeah. And I just single tear starts to stream down my own face <laughs> during that moment. And then of course at the end, which we can get to later, just tears, tears, tears. Um Yeah. But I, yeah, no. And I love what go ahead. No, you you go on. Sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say I love what you said about how it feels real and so human. I think one of the things that got that humanity across quite a bit was there's a lot of moments of levity in this film. Yeah. Um Big time. not surprisingly not surprisingly delivered by Aquafina of all people <laughs> who's you know a comedian but in this movie she's giving what I think is a really good performance as a woman who has come to the facility where Cameron has come to be cloned and she's already done it like she's already gone through the whole process yeah. she's stay she stayed behind on the this island to die and her clone her healthy clone is out there in the world living with her own child working her old job but there's this couple there's there's a couple moments between her and Cameron that are just really sweet and funny. <laughs> he hands her a get well soon. Yeah, card I love that. that he's hand drawn. Yeah. And it's just before she passes away, but he's an artist, so he's made this uh get well soon card that he's hand drawn and he gives it to her and she turns to him and she goes, That's really insensitive. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she just starts cracking up. And that happens that same kind of bit happens a couple times in the film, but I really in those moments was like, This is real. Like there's clones, there's contacts <laughs> that are cell phones, but this is like a real story. This really happens. Like these things these moments, these things are things that real people go through. Yeah, I loved Equifina as well. I think her character's name was Kate, but their relationship... I believe so. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. The comedy works so well. I think there's another moment when uh, Cameron asks her how 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 long her replacement's been out in the world for, and she's like, oh, roughly about... And then she like <laughs> just says the exact amount of days and hours. she says 46 days and six hours. Yeah yeah it's and he goes right huh roughly and she goes ballpark <laughs> yeah yeah i love it yeah. just their relationship as well i i guess it just being it just showing the importance of people that you can be yourself around the importance of people you can be vulnerable with i thought it was a really really important part to this movie and you're right it's so real but that relationship actually has the most moments of levity and comedy, which I thought was, again, quite realistic because the the people in your life and real life that you can be yourself around the most and probably can talk to the most are the people that you'll laugh with the most and are the people that you'll crack yeah. little silly pranks and jokes with. So I love that aspect of it. It just constantly reminds you that you or you, someone you know could be going through this and they might need a joke or a little hug or I don't mm. know. This movie feels like a warm hug in many places. Yeah. It sound we, we, we describe the plot and we talk about these really heavy themes, but it's a very comforting film. It's like a warm blanket of a movie that I just want to return to again and again. And I <laughs> was not expecting that. It does just sound so depressing, but it's depressing in like a, it's like a happy, sad kind of movie, right? Like it's it's sad, yeah. But it tells it to you in such a enjoyable, such a yeah, exactly that a warm blanket kind of way that you can't help but just yeah. love the experience. Yeah, no, I mean uh, this is tangentially related to Aquafina. 
and the film does not have the same gravitas as I think a favorite of yours and mine, Everything Everywhere All at Once. But yes. that's a really sad movie and it's about nihilism and it's about despair. But there's a there's a good message at the core of that film in that, you know, kindness is the only way out mm. and kindness is the only way through. And while that not may be the main thematic message here, I think at the end of the day, what the film is really striving for is love each other. And I think yeah. it's really driven home by the final scene. And if you don't, if you want to get into that later, that's cool. But I think that that final shot of the film is like, oh, this is all about love. Everything he's done is about love. Yeah. And allowing love to go on. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't. How have you been doing this podcast, Ian? Is there like a point when you're like, "What was your favorite part?" And I need to like come in with that because <laughs> we're, we're no, we're getting there. I promise. Because um, that's my favorite part. Like, spoiler you. alert. Like, that's my favorite part that you mentioned. So I can't wait to talk about that a bit later on. Yeah, we really touched on a lot in just a short <laughs> amount of time. But is there like any other kind of points you want to make about Swan Song, Jasher? Yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of it, uh, but something that was just standout for me specifically was Mahershala Ali's performance in this. He is so great. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that it, this was his first leading role. He just owns it, and he's not playing one character. He's playing Cameron, and he's also playing Jack, his replacement. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's insane. I was thinking while watching it, I was like, it's got to be so hard to portray two people in a film for any actor. But especially when those two people are the same person and they're supposed to be the exact same. Yeah. Even though they're living different experiences. And I was just thinking, like, as an actor, you likely want to bring something unique to each of those individuals. But at least at the beginning, he really can't do that. He's got to bring in that ego that he may or may not have. I don't know, mm -hmm. Mr. Ali, personally, <laughs> but... Cameron and his clone, who is called Jack up front, later to become Cameron, yeah. they're the same guy. So he's got to be playing the same person. And I wonder if that's difficult. And I'm sure that there was a talk of like, you know, give Jack some kind of like newborn baby kind of feel because he is a clone that's just come into the world. Uh, but he's got, he's going to have all of Cameron's memories. And so, yeah, no, I mean, all of that, I found Mahershala Ali's performance also to be just like, whew. And Naomi Harris. Yeah, amazing, amazing. These are are these some yeah. of my like favorite performances ever in this little little known movie. Like they're they're so amazing, and they instantly sell you on their relationship. The chemistry between them's off the charts. Their first meeting in the movie, we see a we see a flashback of them meeting for the first time on a train. Such a funny scene. When my God, yeah. <laughs> when Cameron orders a chocolate bar off a robot. And then mm -hmm. Naomi's character, Poppy, comes and sits down. And then she starts eating a chocolate bar. Cameron is like, why is Poppy eating my chocolate bar? Why is this random lady eating my chocolate bar? And he takes a bit, and then she takes a bit. And this is like real playful flirting. And then we find out later on that it was Poppy's chocolate bar. Cameron hadn't even touched his yet. And it's just this really, really <laughs> funny scenario, but yeah. instantly sells them on sells you on their chemistry and their characters i loved it and it sells them on each other in a yeah. way like yeah his his sheepishness after the fact and the fact that he was just like i am so sorry but yeah <laughs> of course there's a break in between when he realizes and when he sees her again which it makes yeah. her even even more of a like 
meet cute 2.0 or like meet cute take two <laughs> yeah yeah totally i i really yeah. just love the relationships them with their son mm-hmm. Corey, as well such a great um child actor in this i they're just family yeah. dynamic is just so believable and so real and honest and you mentioned it before and i think this must have been one of the times when, when you cried i cried as well in this scene but we're shown just various snippets of their life together we're shown snippets mm-hmm. of them with Andre. We're shown snippets of the two of them, Poppy and Cameron, and their relationships. Snippets of them with Corey at big uh, milestones of their lives, big moments in their life, but then also small moments of them just together quietly. And I love that. It tells us so much about them and gives us so much backstory and just brings us so much into their characters in such a short um, amount of time. Did you pick up at all on like the weird like tonal shift that happens about three quarters of the way through the film where we think that this is going to become a psychological thriller? Yeah, I totally did. And I think this is where a lot of where a lot of people online uh, are like gravitating towards and being like, oh, this felt like Black Mirror. This should have gone okay. in this direction. So for the listener, um, if you haven't seen the film, a, what are you still doing listening to the podcast? Go watch the film. You probably have Apple TV Plus. Yeah, please um, watch it. But B, yeah, but what B, what Jasher and I are referring to is that at a certain point in the film, Cameron collapses as he's about to go home. The real Cameron, uh, not his clone. What happens is the doctors who are overseeing the cloning procedure, they get him back to the island. They send Jack out into the world to take mm-hmm. over as Cameron and officially become Cameron. And there's a switch in the original Cameron in which he's like, oh, I got to get back home. And it becomes almost like thrilling. And I think you you get the feeling that something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy, uh, you're completely right. Crazy, like almost twist in the movie. And it does Mm -hmm. just fully turn into a thriller where Cameron's just like, my family's alone with this stranger. I didn't even get to get a chance to say goodbye. That only lasts about 10 minutes. And then we're right back in depressing cozy blanket of a movie <laughs> yeah it ends with um cameron returning home and he kind of sneaks in to see his family and jack lets him do it jack gives him his ring back gives him his clothes back gives him time to say goodbye to his family and it's a, another just real beautiful scene yeah that is the second time i uh cried during watching <laughs> the film is when when cameron's having that like last moment with his son and a single tear streams down both both eyes, and I was just like, "Oh man, <laughs> oh man." <laughs> I was with you too when he he has his his son's first ever beer with him. It's not really beer; he's given his, his son something else. But yeah, having a drink with his son, eating edamame, like I think he mentions his grandma ate with him, or just yeah, making sure he does something real special with his son before he leaves. Uh, I was crying yeah. as well. Yeah, no, it's it's very touching, and again, if you haven't seen Swan Song, you need to go watch Swan Song. Yeah, I've, I've just got one more th- note about the characters, and we've briefly um, touched on it, but again, I just really, really loved how Mahershala was able to play these two characters, Cameron and Jack, and their first meeting, you're completely right, they're the same character, and is doing something really, really special where he's playing the same character but i almost got from that first meeting that cameron's very concerned and very like curious and he's very stressed about this whole situation and throughout 
Jack's expressions the whole time. We're almost getting this faint, I don't know, just faint amount of sympathy with his performance. Like he understands what Cameron's going through and he's there for him and he's wanting to make this easy for him. It was just real, really, really great acting. I really loved it. <laughs> the the uh the uh acting it, the it's acting good. in this yeah it was great yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah it's good acting yeah i i think i felt that at many points during the film i was like oh especially when um when that tonal shift happens and cameron races home to what we think might be like get rid of the clone yeah jack slash cameron it's weird to talk about him as the clone or Cameron because like the whole point is he is Cameron. Um, but when he races home and we think something's going to go down, they, they basically have this moment together where Jack slash Cameron, i.e. the clone looks at him, has that sympathy you're talking about in his eyes and is like, do what you got to do. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really loved it. And even just the whole, I don't know if it was purposeful, but throughout the whole movie jack's wearing white clothes like very light clothes and cameron's very wearing very dark black clothes throughout the movie and i don't know if they were trying to say something like jack's light because he is new life a new beginning he is like this beacon of hope and cameron is this darker color because of his grief and because of his despair and how close he is to the end to death just some real clever we're probably going like full circle but real clever no, things no, no, in the no. production I picked design up on that as well yeah yeah no i think i think you're spot on i definitely picked up on that i think the only interesting thing to add to that would be isn't cameron the original cameron wearing the white nike tracksuit at the end of the film you're completely right yeah i i didn't even yeah. i didn't even think about that that's not to discredit your point. I think you're exactly right. And I think that's a deliberate choice, but I wonder what that, I wonder where that leads us. If we follow the same train of logic to him wearing that white clothing at the end of the film. Yeah. I don't know if it's the acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance or that he is hopeful about this whole situation. Maybe he will be the hope for the new person we see at the end of this movie. Who's coming through this whole program. Maybe Mm. he can be that, I don't know, beacon, beacon, beacon of light for that person into what they're going through their grief that they're living through yeah i love that that's great wow wow we discovered new things yeah cracking it yeah totally. yeah <laughs> so uh jasher got a question for you oh uh, yeah what, what was that would you do it you thought i was gonna ask what was your favorite part <laughs> yeah, I no did. i want to know oh, would goodness. you do this yeah, I don't know, because the movie is very interesting, because it doesn't actually, like, give much of a stance on this very weird, like, moral question as to, is right. is what Cameron's doing to his family right, or is it wrong? Like, is this technology something yeah. we should be against or for? It's uh-huh. it's interesting. I, I, I'd have to say, in Cameron's situation, I would. And at the start, I would be a bit hesitant, but just as we're shown throughout the movie, just the amount of things going on with his life, like Poppy's depression she, she spiraled into after Andre, the whole fact that Poppy's pregnant again, just the amount of stuff going on in his life, the moment that Poppy says, hey, I can't lose you again. I can't lose you again, Cameron. We're going to start communicating more. This is going to be better than it was before. I, I'll, I'll do it. Would you do it, Ian? I... I gotta say, no, I would not do it. Um, 
A, uh, because I think the main thing in my my romantic relationship with the person that's my best friend is like we tell each other everything and we're completely honest yeah. with each other. And that is not to dog you in your No, I get it. I get it. Uh, but like if it were even a she knows when anything's up i first of all i couldn't have the composure (laughs) that cameron has i'm not that good i think i also spiritually and the way that my spiritual and faith journey has gone i would accept that that is my time yeah and yeah i just wouldn't be able to do that um yeah, I, I don't think I really have much more in a, much more meaningful things to say about it, but I just don't think I could do that. I don't think I could be put in a situation where somebody else was going to take my life with my dog and the person who's going to be my wife soon. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't think so. I'd love to see that movie, Ian, going into this, <laughs> <laughs> into this yeah, program, yeah. dealing with, should I do it, should yeah. I not? Maybe it'd be five minutes long. I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. Change my mind. Uh-uh. Yeah. Shut him down. Turn him down. Um, I totally get you. I, I And I, I think I am with you as well. It's, I don't, something else that I just really loved about this movie, and I, I, I guess why it impacted me so much was how it shows this uh, relationship between Cameron and Poppy and this love that they have. And I, I've been married to my wife, Monique, for through nearly three years now. And I I don't know, just the emotions this movie brought up. I mean, we're at the time in our lives and in our marriage where we're talking about kids and just thinking like if if I was to ever lose her or if we had kids and I was to lose them, I it's just a really, really weird thing to kind of struggle with. As soon as I finished this movie, I was bawling my eyes out. I just went back to bed. I just gave her a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just, I don't know. I always come away just appreciating what we have and the, the relationships we have, the people we have in our, in our lives, what love actually is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough question. Like, would you, would you let essentially a stranger, would you give a stranger your life if it was for the betterment of your family? And now I now I'm talking about it. I don't know if I would, but it, this movie yeah. puts just a it does a very good argument kind of for both sides of it. And again, that's not what this movie's about. Whether or not you should do it, it's just showing kind of those questions that we should be grappling with yeah. in life and those relationships and um, just I, I guess the questions we should be asking ourselves with what's important to us, what's important to us, and what's the most important thing in our lives because it should be the people around us. Yeah, no, I completely agree. We definitely talked about it earlier, but yeah, at the end of the day, Swan Song is about, it's more about love than it is loss. And it's more about what would you do for those you love, for love, etc. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you finished this film and just gave your wife a kiss. I think that's yeah. the sweetest thing. I think, yeah, I had the same feelings afterwards, but she was working, so <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't go in there and give her a little smooch. Um. <laughs> A couple more things. Uh, I wanna. I wanted to ask, like, if you have shown your wife this film, or you shown your brother, or any family members, have you shown this to anyone besides uh, recommending it to everybody you know online? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I have shown a few people. I haven't shown it to my wife. I think I will at some point. I really want to, especially after this rewatch. She's not the biggest movie person, so I might have to do a bit of convincing. No, tell me but... what that's like. I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do think everyone should watch this. I think like it. 
it asks some really great questions and just is a very human movie that would improve everyone's life if they gave it a watch. But um, I did recommend it to my sister, who we have a very similar taste in movies, and she had the quite similar reaction to how I felt after watching this. She was just bawling. She was taken aback with the story and how real it all was, and she absolutely loved it. I've also got a close friend um his name's steven that i recommend a lot of movies to he recommends a lot of movies to me we have a little film club every now and again when we watch movies and i recommended it to him and he absolutely loved it as well so i mean yeah it's it's a very special movie to me um and i just i can't wait for more people to i guess discover it yeah no that's awesome so what was your favorite part here we go yeah i mean you mentioned it before uh my favorite part is the very end of this movie uh, as Cameron has kind of come to terms with the decision to uh, send this copy of himself to back to live with his family as, as Cameron comes to terms with that this is, this is the end of his life. And he is told that Jack has a gift for him, one last gift, and he's led into a room and he has shown a video that Jack's recorded of Poppy, his wife, just saying, I love you, Cameron Turner, always have and always will. And it's just such a beautiful moment. I've said beautiful so many times, both of us have. Yeah, but it's it's so beautiful, so emotional. And just, it, it makes you, I guess, come to terms as well with Cameron's decision a bit more because Jack clearly knows what Cameron needed in that moment. Jack went out of his way to make it like just seem natural and to make Poppy's words seem real and just to come from her heart and the movie ending with that line and just seeing Cameron's reaction to it I I don't know I love it I I just I was crying throughout all the credits throughout all the music as that song again um, Moon River started to play I was just bawling because it's just it's so beautiful I, lo- I loved it uh, uh probably a runner-up for my second favorite part if that's a thing would be uh a scene, yeah a scene we mentioned before as well just him um having a drink uh with his son uh, again another moment that we both cried at uh well, thank you for sharing I'm, I'm so happy that you brought swan song to us and uh i love i love talking about it with you um last question where was this in the 2021 oscar race um, i know it should have been all over like, it. They won. They won for Coda, Apple TV Plus. This is a far better film. Yeah, uh, in my personal opinion. And I guess with that, let's uh, let's close it out with uh, a couple things. Um, what's your letterbox rating on this? It's five out of five. It's I yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It's funny that you mentioned Coda because how I discovered this was I was just trying to watch as many Oscar movies as I could last year, Oscar nominated movies. And I watched Coda and then this came up recommended straight afterwards. I'd never heard of it before and gave it a watch and was just blown away. Um, Yeah. Five out of five. I am constantly wanting to put it in my top four. I think I will after this conversation because yeah, it's one of my all time (laughs) favorite movies. Yeah, no, this is five out of five stars for me too. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad that you loved yeah. it. I, I thought it would be up your alley. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it was so touching, so moving. Um, I honestly can't wait to revisit it. It's one of those rare science fiction films where the human story was front and center, and I was just like, oh, 
people feeling things give me <laughs> all that shit i love it so much um frankie always likes to joke that ian's favorite movies are uh people walking around feeling things <laughs> it doesn't have to be a plot there doesn't have to be any great set pieces ian just likes to watch sad people walk around streets and talk about their feelings i yeah love yeah like my favorite movie of the world is the worst person in the world and that's just a movie awesome. about a woman wandering around Denmark or the Netherlands feeling her feelings. And I'm like, yes, yes. Um, anything else? Just to wrap my whole thoughts up about Swan Song was that there are three really relatable human emotions that it touches on. I loved there was love, which we talked about a little bit. There was loss, which we talked about as well. But then the whole thing about identity and this, this might be a little bit of a downer to end on, but I I struggle with depression and anxiety and that hit me quite hard when I first watched this. Just just thoughts that are constantly in my head about who I am, coming to terms with that, worried about decisions I've made or things that I've done. And Swan Song just really puts things into perspective a little bit, really puts them into perspective for me specifically, helps me through those times and again, just just like a happy sad kind of way. Time is short, everyone listening, make the most of it. We have to have people there for us. We have to be real. We have to be real with people. Just go and go and tell people that you love that you love them. Go and make sure that you reach out to people that you care about because time is short. So make the most of it. Yeah. And no, I mean, thank you again for sharing that. People who begin to listen to the podcast will begin to become acquainted with me and you know i'm an open book and you know i think that's kind of like something i uh found really endearing about you when we first started becoming friends was your openness with that because i'm super open about my own struggles with depression anxiety mm. um and just how they can be very crippling so yeah. yeah, no, I think it's great that you brought up that this is one of those movies that kind of talks about Cameron's own identity and that can translate to all of us. And yeah. I, I think that's one of the beautiful and magical things about movies is they may not be a cure, but they can definitely be a healing tool for a lot of us going through our lives, you know, suffering from all kinds of things or just experiencing all kinds of things. So yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate you sharing and putting that out there and, you know starting that conversation no my pleasure beautifully put as well movies am i right movies movies <laughs> well jasher i gotta say i have loved getting to know you so much ever since we met in the 70 millimeter discord i'm so happy you're one of the first guests on the show you are seriously one of the coolest people i've ever met your enthusiasm for life and for movies is just always so invigorating and infectious you seriously rock, my friend. Tell tell the people where to find you. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Our friendship is like one of my favorite things ever. So I, I really, I really, Thank I you. really value you as a person. I think this podcast is amazing. I cannot wait for this to be released into the world. Um, you can find me at Zilla pretty much anywhere. J-A-S-H-E-Z-I-L-L-A. And you can listen to my podcast, Podzilla anywhere that podcasts can be found or at www.podzillapod.com. It's funny that 
we're talking about such a like emotion filled movie and uh, such yeah. a like <laughs> such a relatable human movie and um i'm doing a little podcast about godzilla movies but uh i'd really recommend you check them out if you haven't already godzilla's a really interesting uh franchise because there's so many different gen- genres within it there is dark depressing human stories in the franchise and then there's just really really goofy silly fun fight pieces so check it out give us a listen um really appreciate it one two yeah everybody go check out podzilla if you haven't i am going to be super shocked if you're listening to this and you haven't already listened to an episode at least of podzilla it's just dasher and his bro they talk about the pods uh they talk about the godzilla movies day in day out and for any of our American listeners wondering why that funny guy said, Zed, where are you from? <laughs> I am from New Zealand, yeah. So yeah. yeah, movies bring people together from all over the world. Um, thank you again. I really appreciate it. It really, truly means the world to have you on and to talk about a movie that you love so much and your favorite part of it. Um, so I hope you have a great rest of your day, Jasher. Thank you so much, Ian. I, I loved every second of this. Thanks so much for having me on. Don't forget, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm at Ian Layden. That's at I-A-N-L-A-Y-D-E-N. Thank you once again to Jaysher for joining me, and thank you to you for listening. I really hope you got something out of this. What was your favorite part is going to take a little bit of a break for the holiday season to rest and relax. We'll be back in the new year, where we're discussing Peter Bogdanovich's 1971 story about small-town Texas, The Last Picture Show. I hope you join us. If you want to write in about Swan Song, The Last Picture Show, or if you just want to say hi, send your letters, voicemails, and feedback to www.yfp.pod at gmail.com. That's our email, and once again, it's www.yfp.pod at gmail.com. You can support the show using the links in the show notes. Everything our listeners do helps spread the word and support the conversations we seek to bring you here. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Was Your Favorite Part is written, edited, and produced by me, Ian. Until next time, be well and watch movies. Bye now. Bye, River.